On March 21st, the Supreme Court heard oral arguments in Impression Product Inc. versus Lexmark International Inc. The case focuses on whether a patent owner has the right under the patent laws to control the further use and resale of a patented article after an initial sale. In this case, Lexmark has argued that its patent was violated by Impression, which refilled and resold used Lexmark ink cartridges initially sold in the U.S. and abroad. Finnegan partner Brian Casadon joins us now to tell us more about the case and provide a brief overview of the oral arguments. Brian, tell us more about this case. This is really about the doctrine of patent exhaustion and really to what extent the owner of a patent can control how a patented product is used or resold after an initial authorized sale. In this particular case, Lexmark, who is a uh, printer maker, sells both printers and, of course, cartridges that are used in those printers. And while it makes money from selling printers, it also makes money from replacement cartridges once those cartridges run out. There are other entities, such as the defendant in this case, Impression Products, who sell refurbished printer cartridges that can also be used with Lexmark printers. And in particular, one thing that some companies such as Impression do is take Lexmark printer cartridges that are used up and they will take them apart and refill them and refurbish them so that they can then be resold, typically at a lower price than Lexmark would sell a new printer cartridge to consumers. So in this particular case, Lexmark has patents covering its printers. It also has patents covering its printer cartridges. And Lexmark came up with a system to try to control the aftermarket for its printer cartridges through the use of its patents. And in particular, what Lexmark did is they placed on the boxes that contain the cartridges for sale to consumers a contract that basically informed the consumer that as a condition of buying this particular printer cartridge, you were agreeing that you were only going to use it one time and then you were going to return it to Lexmark, preventing companies like Impression from being able to refurbish them. And in exchange for that agreement, the customer was getting a discount on the price of the cartridge. The contract would also inform the customer that if the consumer wanted to buy a printer cartridge, they could use as many times as they want or provide to others, that that was available from the store. They just had to ask for it, and that would be offered at the non-discounted price. And so in this particular litigation at issue here, what Lexmark was arguing was that when Impression Products refilled those cartridges and resold them to consumers, that Impression was infringing Lexmark's patent rights. Impression's arguments, however, were that Lexmark, through its initial sale of these cartridges, had effectively exhausted its patent rights and couldn't control the further downstream use of those cartridges. Lexmark, in response, argued, one, that these contracts that they put in place were enforceable, and two, to the extent that any of the cartridges that Impression had refurbished or refilled were purchased outside the U.S., that that didn't exhaust their rights in the U.S. And so if they found their way back into the United States, regardless of whether these contracts were enforceable, they could still sue Impression for infringement based on the resale of those cartridges. At issue in this case are questions raised by the Patent Exhaustion Doctrine. What is the doctrine's significance as it relates to this case? The Patent Exhaustion Doctrine generally stands for the principle that when a patent owner sells a patented product, they're deemed to have kind of gotten the full reward that they're entitled to under the patent grant. And so at that point, they really shouldn't be able 
to continue to control what happens to that product downstream. In particular, there's a real question about whether or not a patent owner should be able to control the further use or resale of a patented product simply by putting a contractual condition on the sale of that patented product. Lexmark, of course, isn't going to sue that customer for breach of contract. So what Lexmark wants to be able to do to control the further use of those cartridges is to be able to sue companies like Impression for patent infringement. It can't sue them for breach of contract because they don't have a contract with them. They didn't agree to the condition. Sort of the other issue is this idea, well, many companies like to differentiate in different territories the manner in which they sell products. And if there is a rule of international exhaustion, as Impressionists tried to argue, once you sell a product overseas, you can't control whether it's brought into this country or not. And so if you sell a product at a significantly lower price, and then somebody brings it into the U.S. and resells it, you can't control that. Lexmark is arguing each individual territory has its own patent rights. And so simply because I sell a product in one territory, all that means is the purchaser can use it and resell it in that territory, but it doesn't give them the right to bring it back into the U.S. Really, the, the significance at the end of the day is we're going to get, hopefully from the Supreme Court, some clear answers as to the breadth and scope of the patent exhaustion doctrine and to what extent parties can contract or work their way around the patent exhaustion doctrine in terms of how they distribute their patented products. What are some of the potential business implications? If there is a rule of general international exhaustion, I think there is a concern, at least among some people, that companies may be reluctant to sell products in perhaps other countries at a discounted price, particularly perhaps countries where the higher prices couldn't be sustained. There's implications in a number of industries for how parties can kind of control the components of patented inventions that tend to be reused. We always think of the kind of razor and razor blade example, but you know this printer cartridge example is one where often there are components of patented devices that need to be thrown away after a particular medical procedure, but then new ones are used. And the degree to which these companies can kind of control the aftermarket for those particular products could be greatly impacted by whether or not the Supreme Court says these types of conditions or restraints are going to be enforceable. I think it could have a big impact on the manner in which companies choose to sell these types of products. And finally, Brian, what impact does this case have on companies like Lexmark that are currently drafting reselling agreements? If the Supreme Court does rule that a properly worded and agreed upon restriction is enforceable, then I think it's going to make these reselling agreements that much more important. And one thing that was stipulated to in this particular case, and that was not, a, not in dispute, was that these conditions that Lexmark put on the customers, that these were clearly stated, that they were agreed to by the consumers, and that they were enforceable, that these weren't illegal restrictions. That was all kind of agreed to without the court having to decide it. If the Supreme Court says that if you have that type of restriction, it's enforceable, then I think there's going to be the next question of, well, how do I make sure then going forward that when I put these agreements in place that I can actually make sure that a court's going to find them to be those things that there's a dispute about them, that they actually will be enforceable, that customers will have notice of them. Now, if the Supreme Court says, hey, these restrictions are not enforceable, at least under the patent laws, then it may require people to think creatively about are there ways under the contract laws 
that they can use these types of agreements to prevent the type of activity that they want to prevent. Companies like Lexmark and others, they're not going to want to sue their customers. And so the real question is, you know, is there any way to put a contract in place that you can somehow enforce against some of these other companies? And that's going to be a very difficult proposition. I'm not even sure if it's feasible. Our guest has been Brian Casadon, a partner at Finnegan, one of the largest IP law firms in the world. For more commentary on intellectual property news and issues, to listen to other podcasts, and to receive additional information on the firm, please visit www.finnegan.com. Thank you for listening to this podcast from Finnegan.